0: Gooch. Gooch. What's up, Corey? Back in the truck
1: You have reached the voicemail box of trap therapy. Please leave Jess and roll as a message
0: after the beep. Welcome back. I'm gonna start scra- I'm gonna start DJing and period scratching. we're actually like,
1: consistent this time guys I mean
0: we're doing, we're doing good like we're I'm doing probably, good in our, fall, our, in our fall group is it the first day of fall today or is that tomorrow it
1: was yesterday I think
0: What? Well, or was it today happy early days of fall it's happy so if, whatever we're finally in I'm fall, in fall. Yes, we're in fall like so there's that like Welcome back to Trap Therapy, everybody. Welcome back, guys. How has your week been, Rawless? My week has been good this week. Okay. A long... I'm doing overtime right now, and this mm-hmm. is not... you know, you're not like the coins, but this ain't like the usual. Just wanting to make money. This is me doing assessments on the weekend for my regular job. So they're that, absolutely nuts. They're, no, they asked me to because we're having a shortage. Shout out to oh. Text Therapist, so as far as assessment so the crazy thing it's crazy because I signed up for eight o'clock in the morning but I forgot I was there in eastern time so I have to get up at seven but this is my last weekend doing it so there's that I'm just trying to heal the world but other than that it's been um a good week for me um nothing nothing too crazy has happened um I get to see my Charlotte fam next week. So I'm looking forward whoop, whoop, to it. Two fam. whoop, whoop. Day, so I'm excited about that. And yeah, things are good. I'm in a I'm in a good room right
1: now. Very Jessica,
0: good. How are you? How was your week?
1: It's been a long. It's been a long ass week. It's been long. Um, but I have been pushing my way through. I'm just tired. I need probably like a good little nap. I need some really good food to. Help build me back up in a and a ball on the weekend and yeah
0: huh what are you thinking about right now uh-huh
1: now see right now i want to be a nigga really bad and i want to crack a crab leg really
0: bad i them craving crab legs but then somebody talk like it's something we're not they to say to the right.
1: water is toxic baby i said i might just have to plead the blood over it because i just i i have to crack a leg
0: Maybe the, the, they, they're cooking the crabs already in the ocean. <laughs> like.
1: But yeah, so I mean, pretty good week. I feel like I've been very, I've been forced to be very productive this week. I want to say it's not by choice, it's by force. Um, but yeah, so that's good. Everything has been on the up and up, Um, I guess. Just a little, just, just working, but work is works
0: okay well, that's right here. so what are we what are we bringing to the trap today like what are we talking what are you talking about
1: today? the trap today baby I'm talking about toxic positivity because I'm sick of it I'm I'm sick of you guys <laughs> trying to just happy your way through life and just like everything's great and fine and rainbows and unicorns and I don't know the things on social media that are going on you know how we're gonna get into it but that's how I bring it to the trap I'm bringing toxic positivity
0: oh i'm looking forward to that well for this week um i really want to talk about intimacy like it's so funny mm-hmm. I, I actually wanted to be a sex therapist and i was actually looking into the program Like, oh. i
1: see that for you like a doc, a gay I, dr ruth a gay I, black dr ruth
0: i think it's very interesting so i'm honestly though but intimacy is more than about sex so we just want mm-hmm. about sex but intimacy but yeah i do i definitely feel like I was Aphrodite in my past life so I always thought the shit was interesting so I just thought like oh I really wanted to explore what intimacy means um what it looks like and how we can learn how to adapt that and kind of you know meet each other's needs with all this craziness in the world that's going on right now
1: I feel that I feel that
0: so I'm totally here for it so I just feel like I want to go first only because I feel like (laughs) I just feel like your topic is gonna it's gonna be fun like in a good way it's gonna be fun and in a good I way wanna, i definitely wanna take some time to get into all of that so i'm gonna start us off today please um, do so there are many different categories of intimacy right mm-hmm. um, today i just wanted to focus on um five categories of intimacy what they look like how it can manifest and you know how we can be better mofos for our people yeah so the first one is emotional mm. so uh this is the ultimate and most relevant type of intimacy needed in a romantic relationship i'm gonna start that i'm gonna repeat that because i just want y'all to hear it i wanted to hit that's my
1: favorite one. that's my favorite form of intimacy this
0: is the ultimate and most relevant type of intimacy needed in a romantic relationship mm-hmm. emotional intimacy is all about connecting your mind and your feelings together with your partner it is all about sharing your experiences with your partner. So I know we are all different. We are all wired different. Baby, it is it's something about when you have that emotional connection with somebody. You just...
1: It just feels like a hug on the inside of my
0: heart. It's like... It's I just, can't
1: explain it. It's... <laughs> ooh. It's...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna just wanna just if I was in church, I would be running laps right now. Just, I mean,
1: I'm, you give me emotional intimacy and I'm gonna be my man, my man, my man, my man, my man, my man. My man. It, is,
0: it is just that it's a I would say like emotional intimacy is the connection that for me personally, I don't feel like you can have that for more than one person at a time. Like you mm-hmm. can have other of, like, Emotional intimacy is just that connection to just be like, God damn, I fuck with you. That God, shit is deep. God, God <clears throat> damn it very much connecting on a deep level and it's something Mm -hmm, that you know just with the you know what's what's going on right now it's like when when you have emotional intimacy with somebody it also is like you know it's a lot of stuff that you can look over I I would say like when it comes to like um non-negotiables and things like that I feel like when you have a really deep connection with someone and emotional intimacy I feel like a lot of your non-negotiables and negotiables kind of go by the wayside because it's like oh this is something that's so unique and so different, and I'm so connected. baby. you can't just recreate that with nobody. You can't
1: recreate it. Mm
0: -hmm. You may be shocked to know that most couples do not experience in this phase of the intimacy in their relationship, and so I think that's when you have some people, like, who are so disconnected, and there's so much going on. It's like, oh, you never really had that. To begin with. Never had that to begin with, so it sucks because I feel like when when you've never had it, you almost don't know what you're missing. And then once you experience emotional intimacy, you just can't you can't just be with nobody else. You just Bingo. You can't you can't just you know, no. No.
1: You, just, you are you're my man.
0: For <laughs> life. So it's the phase of intimacy, a phase of type of intimacy when you acknowledge your partner for who or for who or Lord Jesus, for who he is or or who she is without Period and defects, and where you consider your partner before anything else. At this level, whenever there is danger, the first person you think of is your partner. This is the person that you put as your emergency. Contact at work okay when not you the emergency us- contact that is serious about emergency contact you don't put your mama down no more i'm still looking for some like i'm still my mom still goes down first oh this
1: yeah yeah this she was, was still on that emergency
0: so, so even <laughs> she was across the country i'm like uh right, she'll she'll make a way out of nowhere you need way. to
1: call her immediately
0: okay. asap asap okay <laughs> so that is emotional intimacy physical intimacy Hmm. So this is derived from communicating with and looking at the people around you. It's the most common form of intimacy um, mm-hmm. in relationships. You get to the physical intimacy phase once you understand the feelings and attitudes of your partner. But we ain't gonna say all that because sometimes we we just skip over that. Sometimes it's just the, you know, is just a physical connection? Which you know I would say like if this is one of your love languages and like physical touch and stuff is something that's very important to you. I can understand how physical intimacy would play a big part. Um, yeah, for sure. And there, um, you know, there's some people who can have one form of intimacy without the other. Um, where they, if you don't have the physical intimacy, some people have trouble developing the emotional, and vice versa. Like some people, they don't have the emotional intimacy. The physical intimacy never comes a part of it. Right. So this also, so this can include, but it's not limited to, um, your partner as well as other, as other forms of contact, such as holding hands, cuddling, hugging like that. I do like good, uh, a good, let's take a nap together. Like, that uh, is...
1: Rawlings, you could almost be my man the way you're talking.
0: Listen, like, I just want to come over and let's take a nap together. I want to go to sleep. Like, a good cat nap. Not too long, not too short. You know, make it a good 45 minutes to hour house so you don't hit that REM sleep. You know, so you just get a... It's something about it. It's something about being able to just be comfortable and be at peace. And I think that's a very big thing with physical intimacy is Mm -hmm. you never have to get used to somebody being there like physically at night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where you just be like, I can't sleep like this. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's just that opening up and that comfort. And I feel like once you get that good, that combination, once you, like you ever just been with somebody, y'all just sit together well. Like a puzzle piece. Okay. (laughs)
1: Hey! <laughs> like, like a puzzle piece. Do you yeah, hear me? Listen, it's
0: just cool. <laughs> it just, just works. Like wow, this is so comfortable. It's just comfortable. It's something that you have to, you know, discuss a lot. It's just, it just fits. It fits like a damn glove. Like Ugh, um, I love it. Top tier. The next form of intimacy intellectual intimacy
1: now that's the one let's talk about that because I feel like a lot of people sometimes confuse intellectual and emotional intimacy as and they stir it in one gumbo as one
0: absolutely so this is a vital type of intimacy um and crucial in uh the lives of every couple friendship or partnership and it's focused on sharing your thoughts and opinions regarding the things you care about most This involves the sharing of intellectual thoughts and insights with your partner through discussions that may be either lighthearted or incredibly serious. Now, I will say, I definitely think this is very important, specifically in the dating phase, getting to know each other phase of finding out what are important topics to you, what's important to you, and also, like, how do we disagree? Because Mm -hmm. if your intellectual intimacy is vastly different, where the stuff that you care about, I could care less. I don't want to talk about politics, or I don't want to talk about religion, or I don't want to talk about what are some things that people um the war. Some people over- talk about pop culture, some pop people talk culture, about some people that's very much like a no-no to them. And it's yeah. like oh, it 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 just mm, mm.
1: It's hard to communicate and like to just have just regular casual conversations about things if you guys are not on the same intellectual level, right? So like, say for instance, I I just, I just have a knack for pop culture. I just like talking about it. And my partner only likes to talk about politics. It just, we're going to be clashing a lot of the times because we're not going to be interested. Not to say that you can't be interested in the same things, but intellectually on that type of level, sometimes it's not going to be a lot to talk about.
0: And the crazy thing, and what, what I will say is I think that um, when people don't have intellectual intimacy, I would say to me, it's the one thing that you see probably the, the soonest. Once you, like, if you run out, if you're first on a date with somebody, you're just, hey. somebody. Mm. maybe yeah. after five minutes, if you don't have nothing else to talk about. You have nothing to talk about. That's a, that's a huge red flag to me. Or, and this has just been mm-hmm. in my experience, if after five or six minutes we start talking about sex it's like oh clearly I always feel like (laughs) I feel like to me in those instances it means oh we don't have anything else to talk about we don't have nothing in common versus if you've had like emotionally intimate friendships or, or just meeting somebody that when you have emotional and like or intellectual intimacy with someone you can meet them for the first time and be in the most boring place and have like The most amazing conversation, like hours on end. We like we sat in my living room and talked for six, seven hours just about everything. Random shit. Conversation just flowed. It wasn't like having to make a conscious effort of "oh, we talked about this. Now let's talk about something different." It's just I feel like it's so organic that when you have it, it's something that you can't. And I want. I don't know if you can create intellectual intimacy.
1: I don't think you can because either it flows or it doesn't flow. Because like you said, after a while, it just seems like you're forcing conversation. <laughs> and whenever you feel like you're trying to force something in a relationship, friendship, whatever the case it might be, you just already know it's not going to work because that's gonna drain you
0: at some point. Absolutely. And I also think it kind of if you don't have an emotional um art or, or don't have intellectual intimacy then i feel like are a the communication dynamics all, all these other things start to play a part and i feel like it's easier to really you know look at someone and say oh we have really good intellectual intimacy i'm gonna make a point to approach this conversation differently because i know we're connected in that way versus if we argue in the first two minutes that we meet with one another and because we're just not on the same page I feel like it creates, it makes it a lot harder to want to continue to try to engage in those conversations and have those different things. And, you know, we're not judging nobody. Everybody has different backgrounds. Everybody has different experiences, but I definitely think it plays a part into some of the intellectual conversations that we have. Because there's certain stuff that I'm like, I really don't want, I really don't care about that. Like, if you want to spend a lot of time with your your, emotional, intellectual energy going that way, you're going to lose me because it's something that Super passionate about, and it's hard for me to continue to have conversations about things I'm not super passionate about. And it's also not fair to the other person to not have that mean that because it's not something that's important to me.
1: Yeah. And you know, I was going to say, I think that sometimes people who are kind of flexible with their intellectual intimacy, that's where they can get themselves in trouble because it's just kind of like they know how to bend themselves to fit in a Mm -hmm. conversation, even though they don't even really want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sure, I can, I can have a conversation about politics, but that's not exactly what I want to talk about at the moment, but I'm just soothing and appeasing at the moment for, just in order to, for me to still be with this partner. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you can get yourselves in hot water when you're just trying to bend to fit, even though it is not fitting. You don't like it.
0: And I also feel like it plays a part into like, your your, um, your job, your occupation, things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. Whatever they do they're talking about and it's kind of what they want to talk about you know mm-hmm. a lot it's, it's very important to them but it's like i'm you know i'll be honest i'm very transparent like i'm a therapist but baby i do not like talking about therapy stuff i'm I not like, i do not like having conversations about it i don't like the people to ask me stuff. oh my god like okay therapy, it is a side
1: note do you ever find it because i find it a little bit aggravating and annoying so if you do this Please stop doing it to me. Like when you're out and about, and people say, "Like, oh my god, I know you're a therapist. Can I ask you something really quick?" And you're like, babes, I am literally so drunk right now. I cannot even see."
0: Babe, so I, it, it very much is something that um has become something that I'm more self aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very conflictual because sometimes I, you know, I have the need like, oh, this person really needs support. This one, right. They may not have resources they may not have insurance they may to. Right. um but then it's also like making sure that i'm creating boundaries where i'm like this is like i, I for some reason i feel like i feel like there's certain professions where there is really no off switch there is no i'm done with work for the day so I'll yeah as a therapist if i see something going on it's almost expected that i intervene because i'm a therapist and i'm like who said that who, who said, said that i, just, I wanted to I came out here with my girls oh, to eat crab legs. I'm I like, think about that. So I think that it definitely creates um not dynamic. But it is hard sometimes to tell someone, hey, you probably really need somebody to talk to, but I just don't feel like listening to you. Like, girl, I'm, my listening ears are off. That was very off topic, but yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's very interesting because that no, it's interesting because um when I meet people, part of me sometimes doesn't even want to tell people I'm a therapist. Same. I, always, I can get a range of reactions none of them are ever bad but either someone will be like oh that's really cool how long have you been doing it that's one conversation versus oh I really need to talk to somebody or I really have this stuff going on so it kind of sometimes I kind of am in a place of like "Well, oh, I don't know if I want to share it because mm-hmm. I don't know what the kind of responsibility is going to come with it mm-hmm. um, so you know it's a it's an interesting dynamic where you know but I think it's not you know dissimilar to what other people do like if you work in tech and somebody like, oh, so and so work for Apple. Let me call them real quick while they also see if they can tell me how to work my computer where I think sometimes we don't recognize that that that's that person's job. That's something they get paid for. That's something that we should kind of leave that to and not take advantage of. But it's no different than like if you have a friend that's a masseuse and you'd be like girl my back been aching up can you can you hit this spot real quick yeah that's true I'm or that me thing. or me texting my my
1: sister Maya who's a pharmacist and like girl can I take this medicine with so and so and it's
0: 12 o'clock at night like girl please absolutely and I feel like we all fall victim to it I know I do I definitely know I'll be like Jimmy I mean look you, try, you You got some free time let me pay some. come on <laughs> pay real quick and you be like i you know let me buy you some dinner you just do you know what I'm saying it's if you don't really like if if we do kind of take advantage of those situations so be mindful everybody
1: be Um, mindful be mindful all right that's intimacy sorry uh sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) but just remember when intellectual intimacy like um this is binding you guys um and this can involve brainstorming with your partner to solve pertinent questions and problems or playful exchange so it doesn't have to be heavy it can be like movies it could be a, a variety of topics um, but I think it's just knowing how to flow the conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is um spiritual instances. Mm. Um, and so this can be a very in- important type of it. And so there is a difference between spirituality and religion. Mm-hmm. I, would you, I will tell y'all but Google it. I don't feel like it. Y'all go ahead. Let's go figure it out. Um, so this can seem like um this can be, this can be things of praying for one another or praying together at the same place or connecting with nature or, you know, it's very much like, um, outside of, you know, the human realm, outside of the physical realm, it's developing a a connection beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can can meditate together, um, give things, you know, give thanks for some of the things that in life that you share, um, trying to work together through things. So, um, with having a spiritual intimacy, it's just a connection that's a little bit higher than, anything physical and i would say like honestly like if you have a good combination of emotional intellectual physical i feel like you're trying to reach a different level that can't be almost sensitive spiritual um got mm. the right person
1: that's the one and you need to do something about it do not if you have somebody that ticks off all those boxes you need to sit your ass down
0: and you need to make it work because you can love the streets but the streets won't love you back okay they're not gonna you back. <laughs> they are not gonna love you back anybody they're
1: that cold. Ever in jail, they're
0: cold and you can love the streets but the streets will not love you back they're
1: gonna do you dirty every time okay oh
0: so, okay.
1: so out of all those intimacies what is is that a word
0: what was it in- intimacies out-
1: out of all those five which one do you feel like for you reigns
0: most important hold on boo i got one more and that'll make five Um, slow down slow down madam. the last one is recreational intimacy Uh, Um, this is many couples try to reach a point where they find a great amount of comfort enjoying doing recreation oh recreational activity together Mm -hmm. um indoor sports outdoor sports going to the movies going to the park going on a hike anything like that it's just that you know going out and doing things like leisurely things together and i also think this is important because baby if you and your significant other can't go out places without it leads to some mess or have a good time or you're kind of bored with one another that's the problem Or, I also think, like, one thing I also think plays part of it. If you only have a good time with somebody, if you're going out and doing things like that, that's a flag. <laughs> flag, on flag. Flag, on flag on the play. Flag on the play. Just be very aware. So, but to answer your question, so you said, like, what's the most important
1: to me? Yeah. How would you rank them? So, rank all five in order.
0: In that order. Okay. In that order. In that order. In that order. Okay. Mm. Oh, mm. I'm gonna say. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna say emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. Intellectual mm-hmm. intimacy It's number two. Oh, hold on, because I got. So I got physical, spiritual, and recreational. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, mm. mm. I'm not saying that with, they're not all important, but they're very important. I'm just thinking about okay, I don't know if physical or spiritual is next. I'm gonna say physical intimacy right now will be number three, mm-hmm. uh, and then I would say recreational and spiritual. Mm. In the sense that i feel like at least for me right now um because i'm i'm pretty self-aware i think i've done a good job of of learning a lot about myself and doing things like that if i don't have an emotional connection with somebody there's really nothing else they can do that nothing nothing, nothing, none of those other attributes are gonna cause me to have that emotional intimacy with somebody like i I get that it won't happen like so if i'm not emotionally connected with you it doesn't matter how great all the other things are it's like i'll feel like oh these are great damn i wish i liked you like that damn i wish we had that emotional connection
1: (laughs) damn you are a ball to hang out with i don't emotionally connect
0: with you (laughs) that and then i would say intellectual intimacy only because i feel like i'm not necessarily like want to talk about these very deep things right now but i am at a place where i want to be able to communicate about whatever and so I think intellectual intimacy plays a part in, like, common interests and also, like, um, how we communicate. And it's like, oh, because I'm at a point in my life, I'm not arguing, like, you can argue with yourself, but you're not going to argue with me. Like, I'm not arguing about shit. Like, I just, I don't have the capacity. I'm, not land with. I'm also not really give a shit, so I'm not going to argue with you anyway. Like, you argue with yourself before you argue with me. And so those things, I would say those are my top two only because if I don't get those, all the other things are not, don't become important to me. So, um, I do like physical intimacy, I think it's great. You know, I do I like retouch feeling and all those other good stuff. And um, and I think the reason that I rank the last two recreational and spiritual is recreational is um as long as I'm with someone or I'm enjoying someone and we don't I don't always we don't always have to do stuff. I kind of like my alone time, I like having my independence. So it's like, oh if we hang out, have a good time one twice, I'm good. We don't gotta do right. it every day. Yeah, I'm not gonna live with nobody that's that's too deep in the trenches for me and i rank uh spiritual last so I, I mean i feel like it kind of encompasses everything honestly like for those so maybe i should have liked that but i'm also like um mm, i'm like if i don't get the other ones we we ain't gonna get we can't maybe. even get there yeah we're not gonna even get there so it's like if i'm not getting this oh i'm i'm definitely knowing if you're not giving me number one we definitely ain't gonna get five and so yeah so how about you? Where would you rank yours? I
1: think my list is literally the same as yours. Emotional one. I just, it's it's a, it's not even a want, it's a need. Like I have to. Like we have to be emotionally intimate. Intellectual is two, because whatever our conversation is going to consist of, because either one, I'm a talker or two, I'm not a talker. It's really like no in-between. Do you well, get what I'm saying? So like, either I'm carrying the conversation or I'm not. So- let's do something about that number three for me is physical um kind of like you said like if I don't have if I don't feel like I'm not emotionally connected to you or intellectually I'm not even going to want to just get away from me I don't even really want you touching me but if we get to that point yes I do want you touching me I feel like recreational and spiritual i feel like they just float like mm-hmm. in a circle with each other almost but for the most part i feel like spiritual would be the last on my list and intellectual before only because i feel i know that we're just in like in this is going to sound very churchy but like in all in parts of life we're all at different places spiritually if that makes sense and like my spiritual connection with Who I have, which is God and Jesus, and you know I'm down with God. I'm big on God. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? I feel like that's just a very intimate thing for me Mm -hmm. and God. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't have to play a huge, huge part in the spirituality part, just as long as I know, like you, like you know, it's something bigger than you Mm -hmm. out here.
0: And I also think I might have ranked spiritual intimacy last because I feel like at least in my relationships now that's the one thing I feel like I can get from other people that's the one thing that I feel like I genuinely have people who have that for me and look you Mm -hmm. know like oh so it's not that I would not want that in a partner but it's like the other things are more things that I, I can't necessarily get from my friends not that I can't but it's like oh the one thing I feel like if I have really good friendships like oh or I feel like people care about me and have that spiritual intimacy with me. Yeah. We're valuing each other and wanting, you know, more for each other on a different level. Um, but I, you know. Spiritual
1: intimacy for me is just like it is so deep. I don't, I mean, it's just like I think maybe it also might be at the bottom of my list because it's like, baby, if we are all the way down at spiritual intimacy, we're getting married tomorrow. And I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not fucking playing with you. If we're to that point where I'm like, our souls are spiritually in sync, I will get pregnant with your child today.
0: Oh no, that's a very good point. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, oh, so should I might look key. i like, well, maybe I haven't been to that place with somebody yet. I don't know if I've been to that place.
1: What an awesome place to be. But also, I feel like if I get to this, is going to be gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In a good way, but I am going to be.
0: Yeah, we're basically we're yeah we're together at the world. We are spiritually married to each yeah, other. We're, we're this thing together. So yeah, at this point in time, I don't know if I've necessarily gotten to that point with anybody. To really yeah. be like, oh, listen, because it's I think it's, it's been hung up on the other things. Like I think it's you can get hung yeah. up on great intellectual intimacy. We have this good. But I always feel like there's one thing missing. So I feel like when, when one of those things are missing, I think that's it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can get spiritual intimacy, baby. I don't think you can get there. Oh, I just oh just, just gave myself a word. I just Wasn't that a word?
1: What? Wasn't that a word for you today?
0: I think now that we have, that's what it is. I haven't gotten to that point.
1: I haven't. Got, I don't think I've got that so that as an adult because it's different. Mm. as an adult compare it to when you were younger former years i think old jt would have been like oh yeah i've had that with somebody but now as an adult i'm like no no ma'am mm. that's different and if Ooh. you have that you hold on to it and mm. you lock it up and you ride that bitch till the wheels fall off and you yeah. treat it with care do you hear me
0: and This life and the next do you
1: hear hello? me hello um so are you ready to get into toxic toxicity
0: <laughs> I'm very ready for. This. I feel like it's gonna be great. I'm very ready.
1: All right, I kind of want to talk about this topic because social media, social media, social media. Social, social, social. I'm kind of sick of the people on social media just with the post about just always being happy and looking on the brighter side, and you know things are great, and you shouldn't be negative, and like it's just like it's it's there is a such thing as toxic positivity and we're going to get into it. So I bet you're asking, okay, Jessica, well, what the hell does that even mean? Okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Toxic positivity is a belief that like, no matter how dire or difficult the situation is, um, that people should maintain a positive mindset at all times. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. very much the, the it's, it's good vibes only, you know, like let's be on a good wave let's be on a good (laughs) wavelength. Our chakras need to always be aligned. We need to just always zoo this positive mindset to like life. And there are benefits, of course, to being optimistic um, and having optimism and engaging in positive thinking when you're supposed to engage in it.
0: Trying to make the best of, of some situations.
1: Yeah, trying to make the best of situations. But toxic positivity instead it just it rejects the notion that difficult emotions should not be a thing you know like it's always in favor of being cheerful or like putting on a facade or like wearing this mask of like everything is great have you ever seen that meme of that um that little that dog that's in fire and he's Uh, like this uh, is fine uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. This is fine. That is a literally a visual of like what toxic positive posi, toxic positivity is. Ooh, that's hard to say And you say it fast. All right. <clears throat> so, like I said, having a positive outlook on life, that's great. Like you're supposed to have that. Like it's good for your mental well-being. We should not be negative Nancy's all the time because we know for being a negative Nancy, then we stay in that mindset. And then we really can't find optimism, right? The problem is that life isn't always positive. I hate to break it to you, babes, but this, this sometimes it should be grabbing you by your hair and be really taking you for a ride. Like, it's just not always sunshine and rainbows. And when that happens, when life is actually like running you to fade, you have to deal with those painful emotions that are attributed to those experiences. So it's like, emotions can be unpleasant and nobody wants to be sad or mad or frustrated or irritated or angry or like all those emotions that we usually say are, are quote unquote negative but baby we have to we got to work with it because that's life that's all about being human
0: and i always tell people like um anger sadness all these i'm like they're native emotions i'm like but they're human emotions so i think it's unrealistic to say you shouldn't feel this way or this should happen i'm like those are natural human emotions it's natural and I always say um, when I try to work, when I work with my work, I'm like, oh, it's not so much how you feel because you don't have control over you. You're going to feel these emotions. It's really what you do with it. So it's not you can be angry like if or if you lose someone, it's normal to be sad. It's normal to feel bad like that's not abnormal. It's just how you what you do, what actions you take or what you do with these negative emotions. But I don't think it's realistic to be like. You're always, you should always be happy. You should always be like, girl, fuck you.
1: Girl, fuck you. Girl, girl, fuck you. All right, so there's different forms of toxic positivity, of course. I'm just going to state off like a couple examples of like what toxic positivity looks like. So like, let's just say, for example, somebody loses their job, right? And you have people that tell you like, you just need to stay positive. Look on the bright side. And it's like, sometimes these comments, they try to come off to be like sympathetic, but at the same time, it's a way to shut down anything that you might want to say about you experiencing something such as losing your job, which we've talked about on this podcast, like grief comes right. in many different forms and a grief can come through a form of you actually losing a job. It doesn't just have to come with people. So y'all need to stop if, if stop telling people that they get fired or lose their job or I, I don't know if a business shut down, like, you know
0: what? Just look on the bright side. You gonna be able to find something soon. What's the what's on? I mean, I don't know, but I don't see the bright side of being broke. But that's just me, or you know, that's just me. That's because I mean, I, I remember I read an article years ago that's that most Americans are not prepared for like an unexpected five hundred dollar bill. That most, you know, at one point in time, if there was like if anybody had like a, a five hundred dollar expense, I don't know what that they have to. Pay most people would not be prepared and i think that's true care of it. and it wasn't until they said it i was like i at that point in my life i said a 500 bill would wreck my life it would wreck it me. Tear me up right now and so i think that but we don't consider that where we're like oh you'll find another job but it's like you can be out there pumping the pavement doing interviews every day and not get a job for months and i, I don't think people really you know i think it's, it's being realistic so you know so it's like oh a lot of it is just Dumb luck. A lot of it is just, you know, you can you can work for opportunities, but it's like somebody has to look at you and be like, I'm gonna give you that opportunity. And that's so that's something that's not always in your control.
1: Not always in control. Another one is um like after experiencing um like a type of loss. So maybe like somebody passes away or, you know, or maybe it's like a breakup, you know what I'm saying? And I hate when niggas say this. When they be like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason.
0: <laughs> Why would you say that? Why, Why would you say that? you say that?
1: My grandma just died and you telling me everything happens for a reason.
0: Girl, <laughs> fuck you. I have to look over into that meme of that dude with a tear-rowed eyes? look over like, bitch. Oh, okay. Or like Justice cabaret when she was like, double her. She's like, bitch. bitch. <laughs> Why would you tell me some shit like, like
1: that? And I think, honestly, some people say that because they feel like it's comforting. And it's like, it's really not. It's just another way of avoiding someone else's pain. Like, instead of saying everything happens for a reason, you can really just sit with them and be like, this is fucked up.
0: It's a bullshit.
1: This is bullshit. And I really hate that you had to experience this because I know this is probably fucking your ass up right now. And it's like, the person like, okay, thank you for acknowledging that I'm actually going through something right now, and saying like, everything happens for a reason, girl. It's gonna be all right.
0: It is now. The more I think about it, like, what's, just in our field, like when we think of the trauma, traumatic things that people tell us, mm-hmm. every time somebody reveals their trauma, people say, "That's crazy that you went through it," but you know, hey, everything happens <laughs> for a reason, player. Like, that would be fucking crazy. That would be absolutely crazy. That would be ridiculous. I don't know what I would
1: do if I was in a situation and someone told me that. <laughs> I would literally grab my purse and leave. I would
0: be like, yeah, it's goes no on. This dude. is not a safe space for me. <laughs> and, so, and, and I think a lot of these come from people don't know, people are uncomfortable with other people's negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So they kind of resort to these things because they don't know what to say. And I don't think. Sometimes there's nothing to say. Sometimes
1: there's nothing to say. If you don't know what to say, shut the fuck up. Just be quiet. Close those lips. Um,
0: Lost somebody or lost something for a reason. Don't.
1: (laughs) Are you you crazy?
0: Please don't tell me that.
1: Please do not tell me that. Like I just need you to give me a hug and just say, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Um, Another example is like say like you're expressing some type of disappointment or sadness. So maybe I'm just like, I didn't get, I'm going to, I'm just making a thing. Like maybe I auditioned for a play, you know, and I didn't get the part that I really wanted and I'm upset about it. And it's like, uh, like this really, this sucks. I'm, I'm sad. I'm disappointed. And a person with toxic positivity would come up to you and be like, you need to realize that happiness is a choice.
0: This is silence right now because y'all really be
1: saying stuff like this, <laughs> and it's like, are you listening to yourself?
0: it's I think it's just funny to like sit here and hear I, it. I feel like it's so common in casual conversation. That yes. It's okay. Until you really sit down and be like, let's really break that up. And you're like, girl, what? 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 That's that's not a response because then that just
1: suggests that. If you're, you're feeling me. negative emotions, whatever those emotions are, that it's your own fault that you're not choosing to be happy. Mm. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and just says, you know what? I'm going to be sad as fuck today. This
0: the day. I'm about to sad the, the, the shit out this day. I'm about to sad the shit out this I'm day. <laughs>
1: I'm about to sad shit out this day. I'm doing sad girl shit today. Okay. Like nobody in the middle of the day after lunch says, I'm gonna be angry for the rest of the goddamn day enough
0: nobody out here saying like I'm about to have me a sad girl summer like nah, nah. like
1: nobody is saying that
0: <laughs> and
1: I mean I get it because I mean with toxic positivity the thing is that I think a lot of times people like you said they have i feel like they come off like well intentioned if that makes sense like they feel like they're helping to soothe that person in the moment or like saying something positive is going to help them and they almost chop it off as them being like empathetic and it's like that's not the same thing
0: those are was, two different things what makes me think of a quote that says like some of the worst things that have ever happened have been done with the best intentions mm some of the best some of the worst things that have happened to mankind <laughs> have been done with the best intentions
1: with the best intentions and oh. it's a, it's it's crazy but it's like important to recognize that your responses when it is full of like toxic positivity is actually very harmful like it's not beneficial at all um because it just denies people to to being like their authentic selves and like being able to say what they need to say without being shut down
0: i feel like now that you say it i feel like with toxic positivity i feel like sometimes it's more for the person that's giving the comfort than the person who's being comforted
1: it's mm.
0: more, i'm uncomfortable i want i don't want to feel this let me say these things that sh- should redirect your energy and make you feel better so then we don't have to deal with these negative things.
1: we don't have to deal with
0: it because thinking about you <clears throat>
1: exactly most of the time toxic positivity is coming from a person that doesn't even want to deal with their own emotions mm-hmm. so when somebody comes at you with the bullshit of saying like happiness is a choice i know you're angry and you're upset but you should probably just say that clearly you're in a space where you're not even able to deal with your own emotions so just let's just stop right there stop there no thank you
0: let's pin that let's pin <laughs> We're going left. can't
1: let's. deal with it right now because I'm pissed the fuck off at other shit. But we gonna circle back right of that, sister. I'm
0: gonna get you to go back to where you came
1: from. Go back to hits where you came from. Um, so toxic positivity, why is it harmful? Because like we kind of just already said, like, it's shaming, right? So when somebody someone is suffering, really what they need is their emotions validated in that moment. So they can find relief in their friends and their family but toxic positivity just tells the people that their emotions are like it's unacceptable like okay so your grandma died well everything happens for a reason and she was probably suffering so like it's better for her not to be suffering anymore and it's like that's not helping me but okay So yeah, it's shamey. Number two, it causes guilt. It sends a message that if you aren't finding a way to be positive, like in the face of tragedy or disappointment or whatever the case might be, that you're doing something wrong. And that's just not how we as humans work. Um, I hate to break it to you, but nobody is happy all the damn time. And if you are, you're lying to yourself.
0: You're not. So there's that. You're lying in denial about a lot of things that you got going on like you are you are living in a fantasy world you're
1: living in a fantasy world mm-hmm. fantasy world um number three
0: I don't, at, I don't know where you at but you're not on earth with us you're not you're, not,
1: you're not living here in this earthly experience that's that's for damn sure um number three it avoids authentic human emotions so basically toxic positivity it functions as like an avoidance mechanism like we just talked about um so when other people engage in like this type of behavior it just allows them to step to the side of emotional situations that like you said make them feel uncomfortable it's like oh grief don't know how to deal with that let me just say gross it's it's gonna be good look on the bright side Or like oh you're losing a job Mm, you'll find another one girl don't be sad about that you know what i'm saying um so, yeah, we all have difficult emotions. Um, we have to work through those emotions and we can't discount them or dismiss them and deny them because they're always going to come up. So what the hell are you going to damn do? You got to deal with it. Um, And the last one is that it prevents growth. So being toxic, positive, it just allows you to avoid the feelings that might be painful and then doesn't give us the ability to actually grow or challenge ourselves when we are faced with feelings that might be a little bit more difficult and a little bit more big than happiness. Um, And we all know that we have to deal with these feelings so that we can have just deeper insight on who we are as people. Um, So yeah, if you have a positive vibes only um, shirt or poster in your house, I want you to burn it immediately because it can't always be positive vibes i mean with situations such as jobs or financial struggles or illness or losing something or someone there's sometimes you cannot there's not a bright side i, I sometimes there's no damn bright side right.
0: and i think that with this it's also comes with boundaries of, of if i know i'm not in a place or i can't really give you the support you need, i need to let you know know that i might be like hey I'm probably not the best person to deal with grief and because I don't it makes me uncomfortable, I don't know how to handle it. But you you deserve support. So rather than be trying to do something that I know I'm not equipped to do, it may be better for me to redirect you to say, oh, I'm not in a place to really help you process that. And first is I'm gonna shoot off some shit that sounds positive, but that are not really it's helpful or the situation.
1: Right. So with that, like signs. What are signs of toxic positivity? If you're doing some of these, then that means that you have signs of being, I don't even know how you would say toxic, pos, I guess a toxic positive person, I guess. So if you brush off problems rather than facing them, if you usually feel guilty about being sad, angry, or disappointed, that's a big one. Because a lot of times um, a lot people put a lot of guilt on themselves for like actually being angry being sad and it's like i shouldn't be feeling this way and as a therapist it's like no bitch you actually do need to be (laughs) feeling this guy (laughs) you actually do need to feel this way so um another one is if you like or if you consistently feel like you hide your true feelings behind like feel good quotes that seem more quote unquote socially acceptable Um, If you minimize other people's feelings because they make you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to talk about it. Um, If you shame other people for not having a positive attitude and if you try to be stoic or have like a get over painful emotions um, type of attitude, you are a toxic, positive person and we need to work on that. So Let's start. Let's start there. Um, And then starting there is how to avoid it. I mean, like we always say, you need to go see a therapist. You also need to be realistic about how you should actually feel about things and stressful situations. Um, And know that it's okay to feel more than one thing. I feel like we touched on this before, like how two emotions can exist at the same time you know like you can be absolutely disappointed about one thing but still somewhat hopeful about the future
0: um two two emotions are not mutually exclusive like you can't that's not like one has to happen with the other it's like oh I can be I can feel this way and feel this way and it's like I can be I can be nervous and excited like I could like both of those things like I can be scared and excited I can be like oh I'm scared you know about what this is gonna look like but I'm excited about some prospects and I think that a lot of times people feel like they can only spend one. We're, we're complex people. We can feel more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then the last one of like how to can how to be able to manage being a toxic positive person is like focus on really showing support to others, and sometimes showing support to others is literally just being there and listening. Sometimes you li- don't have to say anything. Most of the time, you really don't have to say anything because some people don't need advice; they just need somebody there. To know that they have somebody to cling to, um, sometimes so yeah. Sometimes people just need a vent that I'm
0: usually to help them properly, so.
1: I don't need no damn help. I was just telling you what was going on. I just need to get it out. Was that was it. I didn't ask for all that other stuff. like, I feel better. I love, I love going in the group chat and sending 18 voice notes of how these niggas had me fucked up. And then y'all just chime in and be like, day up, that is crazy.
0: So, what you gonna do? Right. Sometimes that's all people need. They just need to feel hurt. And that's it. They don't need to. And I feel like a lot of times when you when someone feels hurt, they usually resolve their feelings on their own, not too long afterwards. I know some people that I used to work with that. I'm like, oh, they just need to come in and complain for 10 minutes. Then once they get out of their system, they're good. They and honestly,
1: going. I love those clients those clients that literally just come in and they just vent and then through their venting they're literally their wheels are already turning and they're always saying already saying what they're doing to manage the situation and I'd be like well Mm -hmm. thank you for coming in that was great don't you think wonderful go for it be successful wonderful All right, so yeah, um, positive vibes only go to hell. And um, I mean that.
0: Expeditiously.
1: Expeditiously, and I mean today. Um, So yeah, that's all in all. I think we're ready for our trap question of the day.
0: uh, Yes, I'm ready for it. Do you have our question, our trap mail? I have the trap mail
1: of the day. Here we go. It says, I have two kids and their grandfather is dying. They are both underneath the age of five years old.
0: How should I tell them? Hmm. Now here's my answer. And maybe, I mean,
1: (laughs) kids are way more resilient than we give them credit for. Um, especially at that age when they're like five and below kids really just see things as very much um, black and white like Mm -hmm. it is or it isn't um, in or out Um, so I feel like when we are stating things about like as far as death goes um, of course you can be it's important to be factual um, and not give them any sense of like imaginary things, if that makes sense. Sometimes we like telling kids like, okay, well, um, so-and-so is going to die soon, but they're always still gonna be here with us. And for like a five-year-old, that can be very confusing because it's like five and below is like, so are they here or are they not here? Because I'm very confused. Um, so of course, as I say for my end to to be factual, to state facts and only give them what you feel like they can actually handle now the thing the grandpa i don't know what grandpa is dying of but i don't think it's that it's to the point where you have to tell them okay well it's cancer and this is what happens with cancer
0: please don't tell them all that like that is, no 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 that's not necessary
1: and we don't need that i think it's very much okay to just be like grandpa is very sick because when people get very sick, sometimes they die. And you might be able to open the question of the door of like, do you guys know what it means when people pass away and when they die? Um, I also think it's very important to use words as such as like, sometimes we like to skip around the word like death and die to make it like very pretty. You get what I'm saying? Um, So I say just like just use the words like do you know what it means when somebody dies and they might be able to answer and then you can say yeah when somebody dies that means that they're not here anymore. They're no longer living. You won't be able to see him anymore or visit him anymore and that's the end of their life. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like it's not a, a great way to to present it, I'm trying to think about the lost one that or, like, kind of what, also, well, I mean, I, I definitely think, like, the spiritual aspect or if you're religious, like, that could play a part into, mm-hmm. you know, what you are as, like, you know, what happens in the, in, from here on out and what the connection um, looks like, um, but I, you know, I think it can be just important to so say, like, oh, physically, you know, we may not see them, you know, in person and things like that, but we'll still have pictures and we can remember good times and things like that and kind of make that the focus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of what you're focusing on. So, so then if they're not seeing this person, they're aware, they can remember oh yes, I can't see them anymore. Like I won't physically see, see them anymore. Them. And this might be some things that you can do that kind of you know, like we can tell, like you know, depending on where you are we can tell stories about this person. You know, we can look at old pictures of this person. You know, when they were physically here you know, that's a, that's a way to remember them or you know to keep their memory alive mm-hmm. it might be a way to kind of incorporate that so obviously like it's different I don't think it's different like as your kids get older so like the conversation you have with your five-year-old may not be the conversation you have with your 10-year-old and you know vice versa um but I think that's kind of always been helpful at least for me even my adult age of like oh physically I, I don't see this person where I won't run into them I won't see them walking down the street But I'll always have these memories and these times and these, and just kind of to focus on that versus I can't this, I won't, we can't this. More to kind of shift the narrative onto what can we still do? And it's like we can Mm -hmm. still think about them, we can still talk about them, we can still have memories about them, we can still do this versus we can't do this, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, can't. because that's come, I mean, that's very negative and it's not not very um, optimistic. So I think it's hard to feel great about something if all you think about is all the stuff that you can not do mm-hmm.
1: also there's amazing books out there that kind of help to especially for kids for children that help to illustrate um and talk about um things such as grief and things such as um things such as death that are just inevitable in this life um so don't be afraid to go in that search bar. Sometimes it might be easier just to, especially with your level of comfort, comfortability, it might be easier to read a book as opposed to just blatantly come out and say it. It also depends on your comfort level with talking about death and grief too. Um, and of course we know that reading things can just straight from somebody else always makes things a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered your question. And that was our trap meal of the week. So now, what
0: is your trap song of the week? What's getting you
1: through? My trap song of the week. I feel like I'm from New York this week. I don't know why, but I just feel like New York is just calling my name. I don't know what that's about, but it's like, mm. So my trap song of the week, it comes from this little brown baddie. Her name is Lola Brooke, and the song is called "Don't Play With It." And I don't. It is just so. It is so New York. It is just so Gerald music, New York. It makes me want to stand on top of my car. And, Was that the girl with like the microphone? Like, yes. Don't, yeah. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Come on, baby, just let it. I know. I know
0: exactly what song you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that shit has been on repeat in my car, among like two other songs. But that's my trap song of the week. What's yours?
0: My well, actually, my trap song is also from New York. It's like problematic as hell, but I just you know I just look bad for problematic. Like, it's Azalea Bang. Of course, it's her new song, New um, New Bottega. It's it just slash, It's very like. She's been doing this house hip hop thing for a long time. Long I know time. she's problematic. I know she said a lot of shit. She's just the one person. I just don't pay attention to what she said. I just said, put the box on and let me, let me, let me live.
1: It's the thing about Azalea Banks is that she is like that expression in the South where we say a broke clock is right at least twice a day. Like she's just that girl. Uh, it's just like,
0: is she broken? Yes.
1: But is she also right at
0: least some of the time also yes and i and i just feel like she's one of those people who if we didn't know everything that she thought or everything that she did and it was just based off the music talent alone like this is a different time the girl would be huge because that's you know what i'm saying because i definitely feel like your personal stuff can override that but i'm like oh but if we just talk about this the music and the girl rap she has her own and she has her own style. She has her own thing that she does and she does it well and she sticks to that. And so when she put it on, I'm like, I'm going to play it. I don't give a like, you know what she said last week. I'm really be like, I don't give a fuck what she said. The shit slaps and I'm going to... It goes so hard. I, it's going to ride. And that's we, my shot finally. It's New Lotega by Azalea
1: Banks. Let me turn that shit on. But um, you know what I would have really loved if Beyonce put Azalea Banks on that album?
0: It would have just. It would have been perfect. It would
1: have been, been. I think the internet would have probably there's, exploded.
0: There's. I don't feel like there's anybody else that I feel like would have did it, and just been as comfortable. Just being like, "Oh, give me this. This house be let me watch me eat this shit up. Just watch
1: watch me eat it up. Watch me eat it up because she eats every single time. She does. Now she oh. is crazier than a bed bug but she
0: but she knows what she's doing when it comes to but she
1: knows what she's doing when it comes to music she just knows
0: i just like to just don't follow her just don't ask what she's doing just listen to the music and just leave her in that lane
1: i would love to sit down and have a conversation with her one day i feel like she's fascinating
0: i definitely think so too (laughs)
1: you're a a fascinating girl there's just so many layers to you
0: there's just something about people from new york it's just all All right ralice a little crazy just a little bit so you're not
1: even really from new york no more we washed it out of you
0: i was told that i had to be going for 10 years before i could claim another city so i've only been for five
1: from new york
0: yeah i moved into Six. I moved in twenty
1: sixteen. I'm. I met you as soon as you moved here.
0: September twenty sixteen is when I moved. Not introduced to that summer twenty seventeen. But yeah, I moved September twenty sixteen. Six years. So in three and four years, you gonna I claim will, another. I will claim I'm from Texas. I guess.
1: <laughs> I know that's right, Houston hottie. I'm gonna start calling you Stallionia.
0: You should okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not calling that like, right the style that's what I want. Let me change my Twitter handle right now.
1: You need to change it
0: immediately. Hey, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a wonderful episode. This was great. I'm-
1: I hope you guys learned something from this.
0: I hope so. Like, because yeah, you gotta learn something. Just, I
1: hope fun. y'all are getting something from this, and I hope you guys are listening to this because. I hope we're not recording in (laughs) vain. I sing all.
0: All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because one thing about us, we'll be on this damn mic all day, and I don't have time for this, man. All right. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys, for trapping out with us for another episode of Trap Therapy, and we will talk to you guys next time. Guys, next time. Bye bye. Bye.